He is the human question mark, at once both warm and elusive. Soul-bearing, yet private, in plain sight while concealed. He is beloved by millions, feared by a few, and an enigma to most. And his fame is such that he is identified by a singular name. I'm Dr. Alan Campbell, and this is Watching America. Oh my life, watching America. Oh my life, it's panic in America. From WHRV Norfolk, this is Watching America. It is the 12th season of America's Got Talent, back in 2017, when, to the accompaniment of Satie's Gymnopathie No. 1, a form appears. It is a clown clad in white, save for a red nose and four symmetrically placed dabs of the same color, both above and beneath his eyes. The only other variation is found in a petite gold crown, strategically tilted with the letter P on it. The P stands for Puddles the Clown, a suitable name for one given to tearing and causing others to do likewise. With a small lantern and a suitcase in hand that has Puddles Pity Party inscribed on it, the seven-foot figure makes his way to center stage before an audience of millions, and most significantly, a jury of four. In truth, the clown might as well be alone. He is a solitary figure, seemingly destined to be misunderstood. Welcome to America's Got Talent. Unable to speak, he motions to the bemusement of most. Nice to meet you, Puddles. How old are you, Puddles? <laughs> Can't remember. Are you sad? A bit sad. Aw, I don't want you to be sad. Don't be sad, you're here with us. Puddles, the stage is all yours. much talent you are so original this is such a surprise it's so exciting this is amazing Heidi Puddles it was very unexpected very original very different and I want to see more I thought I'd seen just about everything on this show and then you come along and I'm like oh my gosh and I loved it Simon what did you think I never, ever want to know who you are, Puddles. <laughs> no, but I mean this. This is originality at its best, and that's why I love this show. Let's vote, shall we? Howie? Yes! Getting a yes from me. Simon? I think you're fantastically brilliant, yes. And I'm gonna give you your fourth yes, Puddles. Bye, Puddles. So you have heard the resounding applause from those who were in attendance at America's Got Talent. That was the national exposure and, if we include Canada, international exposure for Puddles the Clown. There is a rumour, erroneous as it most definitely is, that Puddles' good friend Mike Geyer, a close and intimate friend to be sure, is in fact one in the same with Puddles. This is not fair, it's flatly unkind. Now, you know, some have dared to suggest this, but they are definitely not the same. However, even despite the fact that there's no hard evidence, people will insist upon it. But let me just point a few things out. It is true that they are nearly the same height, although Mike Geyer is 6'8", whereas Puddles is 7 foot. 
It is true that they wear similar sized shoes, although, in fact, when it comes to puddles, he has one shoe that is slightly different in size than the other. So they are distinctive from each other, and any suggestion to the contrary is both, well, discourteous and frankly ignorant. I wanted to speak to Puddles the Clown, but he is a rather reticent person, not out of any maliciousness, but just simply being shy and unassuming. And indeed, as we know, all know, he's extremely sad. But he is less sad when he's around his good buddy, Mike Geyer. And Mike, I want to thank you for, for speaking on behalf of your colleague and friend and, and uh, in, a, in a sense, travel companion. Welcome to Watching America, sir. Why, thank you. You encountered Puddles uh, on a rather sad day for for him. He came into your bar where I understand you were working as a, as a bartender at that time. Can you describe your first impression of Puddles and, and his demeanor? He walks in, and I look at him, and I say to myself, who's this guy? All down, quiet, down in the tooth. He just sat there at the end of the bar by the door. Mm. And... Um, motion for a, a drink and it took me a few minutes to get into his communicating style but he made it known to me that he wanted uh, he didn't want any booze he just wanted some soft drinks and at first I found it trying mm. I just wanted to give him give him his drink and then move on to the next guy sure but I, I it, something's just told me to take my time with him and so I made him a drink I made him a soda of all the sodas on the, on the uh, soda dispenser. Mm. Uh, every soda, including sour mix, which I thought was hilarious. So it was the cola drink and the lemon lime and the, and the cranberry juice and the pineapple juice and, and then sour mix at the end. And I thought that was pretty funny. And then, of course, I uh, put all of the garnishes in the glass as well. Maraschino cherries, limes and lemons and olives, olive juice. And he just found his place. He loved that. And that's, that was my initial thing. It was quiet. It took a, took a while. And just slowly over a period of, of time, we just, I thought he was a, an ideal customer. Did he tip well? Was he a good tipper? I don't even remember if he tipped. I don't think he paid. Wow. I think uh, he just has that kind of quality, that calming Did quality. Some people in bars were kind of, and I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Puddles in any way, but they were kind of slither out and not say goodbye to the to the bartender. Did he acknowledge you? Did he nod at you on the way out? Well, the first time he came out in his departure, I mean, this says a lot about a person. That's why I'm incredibly intrigued. His departure, how was it? He left when I left, when I closed the bar. He sat there the whole time, never spoke to anyone, just nursed his drink. And when it was time to close, I said, all right, buddy, it's time to close. And he just got up, walked out. I made a left, he made a right, back out of the parking lot, and uh, and that was that. And how long was it before you saw him again? It was about two weeks. He came back to about two weeks later. Was his demeanor the same, or was there any evidence of a change of emotion, perhaps? Always the same. He always seems the same. He's this, I can't even explain it. He's, he's reliable. Do you find that in his company, you, you after a while, take on uh, the if you will, the pathos, the sadness, or is his kindness overriding that so actually one doesn't mind being in his company despite his severe sadness? You know, I don't, the more I get to know him, the more I realize he's not always sad. Wow. Um, he sometimes has moments of, there's joy in there, there's, he can be nervous, he can be confident. Um, there's a lot of emotions. He feels all the emotions. Someone coined the phrase, Sad Clown with a Golden Voice uh, a long time ago, and people just sort of caught on to it. But the reality is he's multi, multi-emotional. He's an emotionalist. Wow. So he can get bent out of shape at things. Um, he can show his frustration. He can show his joy. He has a tendency to cry a lot. Um, but he can cry when, when he sees a beautiful vista or sunrise over the ocean or puppies. Well, I think one of the, the times that certainly America for, the, for, for a broad audience of millions upon millions uh, encountered Puddles, as everyone is aware, is on America's Got Talent. And uh, clearly, he had genuine tears in his eyes. Was it from the shock of being so well received by such a, a mass audience and, of course, the four judges? I mean, he, he seemed really moved. I saw it on television. 
I could understand how that would be an overwhelming feeling. So I don't think he was expecting that kind of response from the audience or the judges. So he went solo then uh, to to the taping and and didn't bring you long as a as a as a friend and, and of, of a support. So there's an independent streak in evidently in puddles. I I felt that from the get go, and I thought I should respect that. Well, it's extremely hard to find a great deal of information about puddles. He's as we've already alluded to, extremely private person, but. His daddy, who I understand he used to call Papa or Papa, um, actually was a shrimp boat captain. Our Paul. Our Paul. Okay. And, uh, and, 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 and has he shared with you about the circumstances of his childhood, daddy being a, a, a shrimp boat captain? I mean, what was that like for him? Uh, I, you know, I, I think it was, it's a, it's, it was a, a, it's a tough job, especially when he was young. I don't know um, a lot of details. I know as much as you know mm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, He'll let me know little bits and bobs here and there. Um, I know his Paul Paul used to love to listen to rock and roll music yes. on the boat. Yeah. And um and he would sing along, but he'd also listen to show tunes and, and, and play along with it. Um it seemed like a very loving relationship he had with his Paul Paul. His mama he had a very loving relationship with his Mima as well, but um I think she was sort of the Papa was the dreamer, and Mima was a bit more pragmatic. So, um, was there any concern that he was just clinically depressed as a child? Do you think, or um, because, as you say, his myriad uh, emotions? But I mean, sometimes people get mislabeled as being, you know, victims of chemical depression or something like that. But it, it seems to be beyond that. How would you describe it? I think he just has this. There's a sweet melancholy. Yes, he lives yes, this yes. sweet melancholy yeah. kind of thing. He's not. There's happiness in there. Yes. Um. He's. He's. You. You. You know. You're. You're. You have all of these different sort of nooks and crannies and all these different emotional states and different emotional uh, intensities. He's. He's that. He has all of that, and I. I always try to respect those. Uh, respect that. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Watching America, and my special guest is Mike Geyer. He has the distinction of being perhaps the most intimate and certainly closest friend uh, to Puddles the Clown. Puddles the Clown uh, has become a national prominent figure, uh, thanks to exposure largely on America's Got Talent. But he has also made a series of videos, some of which have been seen 27 million times, no less. I think... Mike, it's fair to say that one of his most popular videos is certainly Folsom Prison Blues, uh, mixed with Pinball Wizard. And the curious thing is to take the lyrics, I mean, the man is a genius, clearly. He takes the lyrics from Pinball Wizard by The Who and incorporates it into Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues. What causes Puddles to have that type of ingenuity? I mean, that's a very difficult thing because you're working with meter. Uh, not only are you working with me, to be working with phrasing. How does he have this 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 ability to to be able to synthesize music so effectively? Well, in all all honesty, um, Puddles didn't actually create that. He saw a friend of his perform that in, in a, a band played it in a bar, and he just thought it was the funniest thing. Ever since I was a young boy, I played this silver ball from Soho down to Brighton. I must have played them all. But I ain't seen nothing like him in any amusement hall. That deaf, dumb, and blind kid sure plays a mean pinball. It's a really nuanced performance that Puddles gives. For example, at the end of the video for Folsom Prison Blues and Pinball Wizard, there's this beguiling, wonderful moment where he goes looking at both cameras. There's this exquisite vulnerability with Puddle's performance, which I think is a crucial part of his success, don't you? It is. He doesn't... I don't think he knows what to do. Yeah. What camera do you look into? Puddles um, has a propensity to, to evidently like to play hollow body electric guitars a la Eddie Cochran style, like Hofner's, and, and it's a wonderful one where he's playing also a McCartney Hofner bass at the same time. Is that one of his favorite uh, lines of, of instruments? Because I, I'm a musician too. I play guitar, not as effectively as, as Puddles, and I, I also drum. But um, I, I noticed his fondness for uh, large hollow body electric guitars. They're, th- they're noisy and thumpy and full of air. And in that scenario, they, 
that's what was available. The, the instruments were available in the room at the time. That's what I like about Paul's. One of my favorite all-time tunes is by Tears for Fears, Mad World. And uh, yeah. Puddles worked with postmodern jukebox, featuring Haley Reinhardt, of course. And I find it kind of funny, find it kind of sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I ever had. I find it hard to tell you, find it hard to take. When people run in circles, it's a very, very Let me ask you uh, about something that was thrilling for me. Uh, I lived in San Francisco for 11 years, and for nine of those years, uh, my neighbor was Chris Isaac. And, you, and, and Puddles did a cover of Chris Isaac's tune, Wicked Game, albeit with donuts floating around in the background. Well, yeah. Uh, and what I, what I love about everything that Puddles does is that there are these little gorgeous uh, just extra elements that perhaps not everyone would notice. I'm not trying to set myself apart, but... Um, you have to look for these things. And there's this a moment, this wonderful cutaway of a donut, because the whole thing, the whole the whole theme is donuts floating around and what have you. And this donut goes rolling over the Grand Canyon, precisely at the point where you have basically the reverb and the echo going. I mean, that's very clever video making. Who, who, who's doing this for Puddles? He's the director of it all. Yeah. Um, we, we have, uh, sometimes I help him out with um, some technical stuff. I learned how to do some studio stuff and I, I used to uh, I'm, I'm pretty good at, at video editing well that's great well so we sort of collaborate well it looks on the post-production stuff it looks very polished what I like is there's different styles to his videos I mean there's some where he's just in a corner seat and he's playing while my guitar gently weeps and there's other times where he appears to be in a, in a garage it seems to be like loading uh, dock doors that could open up and close uh, multicolored right. primary colors um, is, is is that in uh, the Atlanta area that is in the Atlanta area. Okay, well done. And yeah. So, uh, yeah, he likes it. Uh, he's he's a good director. Sometimes when they will will try like sometimes I'll feel like or I work with another fellow, Andrew Woodman, mm -hmm. where we'll create a really slick looking thing and we'll, and Puddles will look at it and he'll just like mm. he just he's not really too slick, too slick. Don't make it so slick. Just uh, just let just make it and and let it go and put it out there. Yes. Um, you wake up and you go do your day, whatever. Well, he has he has repeatedly those signs that just say "Let's go." I mean, I mean that's his right. his attitude. I mean, he's actually very positive. He's a positive uh, person, despite all of his melancholy. He's extremely positive and and uh, open. I think open to to persons and encouraging in his own way, as you've indicated. There's some other things that I find intriguing, and I might be reading more into it. But he also did a cover of Nights in White Satin, Puddles the Clown. We're talking about for those of you just joining us, and this is his best friend, best colleague, uh, Mike Kaya, that I'm speaking with. Puddles did Nights in White Satin, and I was thinking about the lyrics, and it occurred to me that he wears white satin. I mean, his whole outfit is white satin. Uh, was there a consciousness to that, or was it just happenstance? None whatsoever. Has anyone I, pointed that out before? I pointed it out to him, and he looked at me kind of perplexed, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? Yes. And then he says, oh, you know, he kind of gets it. It wasn't it's a, a cool song. The song is about loving. Yes. So that's what he was kind of focusing on. Um, he's not even quite sure what... You know, nice and white satin to me sounds somewhat very, very amorous. 
Yes. You know. Slightly suggestive. Very suggestive. Yes. I don't think Puddles put that really together. No, yeah, yeah. He's definitely an innocent. Yes, I love you. Oh, how I love you if we'd go again all the way from the start. I would try to change the things that killed our love. Your pride has built a wall so strong that I can't break through. Is there really no chance to start once again? Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. One of the things that uh, is in my background also is that my mother was a freelance writer who wrote for various periodicals in England. But my father was part of the circus, and there is the connection. Uh, my father was a, a magician, and he also worked for an outfit called Billy Smart Circus. And anyone who's listening knows about Billy Smart Circus in Britain, certainly. And um, I was taken to see clowns as a child. The one clown that I liked, because the others scared me, all the happy ones seemed slightly maniacal to me. But there was a sad clown, which I don't even think I consciously was aware of it, but I identified with. Um, clearly, Puddles is, is a sad clown. Uh, and he has this demeanor and this, this, these facial aspects, uh, two red marks over his eyebrows and two on his cheeks. Would he have ever even considered, do you suppose, have been, uh, have, having presented himself as a happy clown? I don't think, I don't think that's part of it. I don't think, uh, can, you know, happy... Happy is this. Uh, happy is this kind of. Not even. I don't even feel it like it's an emotion. I agree. I think it's this. Um, there's a lot of pressure. It's obliging happy. people. I think so. Yeah. I yeah. think so. And the 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 big thing about puddles that I feel um, feels about um, being sad. Um, that has sort of been that part of his personality has been embraced and talked about a lot. Yes. But there's a lot. There's just as many examples of him jump, you know, being joyous or surprised or just feeling whatever feeling comes up and not trying to mask it. Yes. Um, like masking sadness with uh, happiness. There's this, uh, you know, it's it's to be authentic is to recognize that uh, you, you're not always in a gleeful state. And there is this constant pressure to be happy, uh, particularly in Western culture, and we have to capitulate and go along with it, which in of itself is a, is a form of stress. So I find that, you know, it's, it's a cliche, but it's true that very often Puddles is, is expressing the, the sadness within me and the, and the point of identification, and I, I'm, I, I feel very gratified by that, as I presume most of his audience do. Let me ask you uh, about clowns in general. Uh, there's been musical clowns uh, variations, and uh, certainly uh, back in the 1990s, there was in, insane clown posse, very threatening, juggaloos and all of that, and scary. Uh, and then we've recently had it uh, with Stephen King come out, white-faced clown, menacing, threatening, uh, homicidal maniac. Uh, then we have the classic Harlequin. But when I look at puddles, I see not just a clown; I also see elements of mime. There is a there is a part of Marcel Marceau in there. Is he conscious of that? You know, I think he's trying to trying to communicate the best way he can. Miming is, I think, is a powerful way of communicating. He can speak; he chooses not to. Okay. And, and I think that creates a uh, um, he has he's got to communicate in some capacity, and so utilizing any any way to to do that i think is a uh, is is what he's kind of getting at so he'll use mime to communicate whatever idea he's trying to get across now mike Gaia, you've traveled around the world with puddles your friend uh we have some examples on youtube of early performances one of which is he's actually uh, honoring an album by Ray Charles where he sang country and western tunes and what have you with a famous classic American songbook song entitled You Don't Know Me, a very oh, yeah. melancholy, sad, sweet song. What strikes me about that is when Puddles comes out, the audience is, and this is early on in Puddles' career, the audience is unsure of whether to laugh or not to laugh. And that's a brave thing for Puddles to do. I mean, he it could go very well, or for Puddles at the time when he was on the stage, and I presume you were there observing this, uh, it could in incredibly easily backfire. And yet he holds his ground with intentional integrity. 
and then, as the expression goes, blows everyone away with his uh, skill and talent. Do you think that Pottles has uh, consistently in the early days had to override possibly complete rejection and misunderstanding of who he is? He still does. Every, every performance, every time he walks, goes to a coffee shop. When he walked on the America's Got Talent stage, he had to overcome that. Um, people have made up their mind about what they see is the ex- what they what they see before them is the a whole thing, and and they come up with a definition for that thing. And I think it's really interesting when uh, people come j- jump to conclusions about what something is the moment they see it, and they and that's what I love about puddles is he takes his time um, and then slowly reveals different aspects in different facets of himself. So it still happens. It still happens today. It happened in Fort Myers the other night at a at a show. When you watch your friend, does that cause anxiety for you, uh, knowing that he's going to go out there and you don't know offhand how many people are familiar with puddles and are going to get it, not to uh, not to even, you know, forget the fact that you're going to possibly have drunks and people inebriated in the audience. Um, that could be potentially dangerous for puddles. I'm crawling the walls. When when I see him uh, do what he does, I don't know how he does it. It it I I can't fathom. I don't know if it's innocence or courageous. I I don't even know. I don't feel like he thinks it's a courageous mm-hmm. ever. He just he's just going. He hasn't have it. He doesn't have it figured out, and he's yes. going anyway. The fir- that first step of just go and do this thing. Um, I think that's what resonates with an audience, though. I think they, I think people see it, but they often can't uh, give it an explanation. Well, the uh, director Orson Welles once said about making Citizen Kane is obviously his his best film of his canon of of very respected work. He said that I had the ignorance of, uh, uh, or rather the the if you will the bravery of ignorance. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I haven't got it quite straight. But is there a, an element of that in Puddles? He he he's brave. Um, perhaps out of naivety or just choosing to be naive, because one can choose to be naive in order to function. I think bravery is a term that someone else bestows on something someone else has done. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think he's just going, um, he's walking out on stage, there he is, he's got to go do this thing, and he just goes and does it to the best of his ability, and how it shakes out in the end is how it shakes out in the end. Um, and and sort of living living in that in that space, that let's go space. He's evidently a fan of David Bowie. He's done Under Pressure, Bowie-Queen composition joint, but he's also done Space Oddity and he's also done Life on Mars. Has he ever shared with you when he got into Bowie? Was he into Bowie as a, as a, as a young clown? I think it was L- the LP when everything was on a record mm. and you could touch it and you could take the record out. Um, Queen, Bowie, uh, Dio, Black Sabbath records. With the, You took them out and you could hold them and you could look at the cover and you put the needle on the record and play it. Pawpaw had a record player on the boat. He had a, He told me about a guy that used to live down the, um, not far from that, that would play, um, that would play Black Sabbath records mm. um, from his, he would hear him when he was a kid when he was riding his bike around um, in the early 70s. Do people ever suggest songs for uh, Puddles to sing? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. May, may, may I venture where, uh, where Angels Fear to Tread? To tread. No, no, no. May I, as the expression goes, may I venture where angels oh. fear, fear to tread yes. and, and make a suggestion? Yeah. There's a gorgeous song uh, by Art, Garf- Art Garfunkel, at least was uh, sung by him, called All I Know. And um, I, every time I've heard Puddle sing, I've thought this should be part of his repertoire. What I admire about him, he doesn't go for the obvious, you know, kitschy things like send in the clowns or the tears of a clown, Smokey Robinson and all of that, which I think would undermine who he is. So what I like is the, um, uh, the, the selection, eclectic selection of music that Puddles does. But if you will please tell him that, um, and convey to him, I, I'd be honored if you would do this, to consider All I Know by Art Garfunkel. Now, when I say Art Garfunkel, at first he's going to say, what? What are you talking about? How could Puddles do that? It's a very moving song. And if you listen to the lyrical content, um, the first part is, I bruise you, you bruise me, we both bruise too easily. And it goes on. And um, I would please ask if you would be so kind him to take a, a listen to that because I'd, I'd just be thrilled at least that he even thought about it. 
One of the things uh, also is amazing to me is that uh, he's very fastidious. He's very clean. In a video under pressure, I mean, he's eating cherry pie. And, of course, he replicates himself through, you know, video trickery. And he's eating a cupcake in one place. I love the interplay with him being so conscious of his other other elements of uh, of, of his personas presented. Um, does that take him a long time to do that, or does it come instinctively for him? I think it comes instinctively. I think he's I think he has this other sight. He can see things that I can't see, we can't see that are happening. It's like the uh, he can see the probabilities. Yes, yes. He can see the probabilities. And he is super, super clean, um, especially when it comes uh, to eating pie. You, just yeah. don't, you don't want to yeah. waste. I have never seen anyone eat pie like that before. Don't I waste mean, don't yeah. waste a bite of pie. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things, you know, I think it should be shown to children how to be, you know, very, very neat at the table. It would encourage them. And I would encourage anyone right now listening, if you want to see somebody eat a pie, please, and a cherry pie at that, yeah. uh, and, and, and almost remain completely immaculate, um, you, you've got to see, without question, under pressure, uh, the, the Puddles video uh, of, the, of the cover version of Bowie and Queen's uh, substantial hit. Let me just ask you about Mike Gaia, if I may. Sure. Mike, um, I've, I've, I've understand that you, you have sung yourself at one time or another um, before you did bartending and, and actually met Puddles, and, and you've sung in various capacities. Is there a part of you, even though I'm sure you delight in, in, in Puddles' success, is there a part of you that ever wishes that you might have the same degree of recognition that your friend Puddles has enjoyed? You know, I think about it occasionally. I'm very busy helping you know there was a there was a there's an idea there's a feeling of being talent that is very um very fun and freeing but but also there's with talent there comes a lot of stresses and responsibilities and being in a su- supportive role i can i feel like i'm a much freer space where yes. every idea that that i bring to the table um it we we do it or we don't do it, but um, I feel I don't feel the uh, I don't feel that feel that draw that much um, to do that. I love singing. I still sing and goof around and and but uh, puddles is uh, puddles. I have a full plate just helping him out. Yes, absolutely. Now, when he, for instance, he has had phenomenal success. He had a residency at Caesar's Palace in yeah. Las Vegas. Um, did you help book that? Or, I mean, I mean, because I would imagine, I mean, what are you actually doing for him? He's backstage, he's in the green room, he's getting ready to perform. At that point, are you making sure that he has, you know, ginger ale and cherry soda and things? Or are you handling his luggage? How do you, how do, you do it? All of that, every all, all of those things just frees him up to just be the, so he can go down to the food court. He had a meeting with some fans at the food court at Caesars. It yeah. really was hilarious. Yeah, and wonderful, and all these people showed up. So it frees him up to do all of those things. So I, I t- make sure he gets myself and um, and Falcon. Now, Mike, I, I want to go into an area which is a little lascivious, and I hope you'll excuse me, but just inquiring minds want to know. All performers have groupies. Now, Gene Simmons had thousands of them. Okay, Puddle seems to me, Puddle seems to me to be a, a man, a clown who is extremely emotional and committed and 100% in with a relationship with, with, with anybody. So how do you contend with the hangers-on that just want to will try maybe even use you to get to his hotel room? I mean, you must have security outside at times. How do you dissuade them from, you know, trying to take a, 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 a you know, a, 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 an element of, of his fabric from his satin, uh, asking you, you know, can they please have a cut of the sheets that he slept in? With how do you keep puddles pure and able to emote and commit without being distracted by this non-ending onslaught of of females trying to get to him? It's really sweet. It's it's really quite it's a sweet they're all so sweet and everyone really respects his boundaries um it's i'm surprised to be honest with you and there's some very eager very eager fans i'm sure they usually just only want a few extra moments of just hanging out and i mean we can all spare that i mean he can everybody can spare just a few moments for someone that is just a little bit in need of just a few more moments. So it's never it's never really been that big, 
up front, and he'll have uh, what he calls puddles cuddles. Puddles cuddles, I like that. With every audience member, whether wow. a thousand people or it doesn't matter how many people. And uh, you know, it's, it's just almost a strange thing to say, but it, it almost sounds like puddles. You know, is is kind of a ministry of healing that he has for people in his audience. I mean, and, and you know, not to may say he's messianic or anything like that, but I mean, he 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 is an emoter of love. He really is, and um, and and empathy, and sort of uh, inclusivity and acceptance. Mm. Um, there's a lot of themes that that seem to. Have, are just there organically, hopes and dreams. And um, the big one is acceptance. Um, you don't have to agree with everybody, but um, you can still, you know, ha- understand where they're coming from. And I think that's one of his big things is just because he's a weirdo and he really appreciates it when people allow him to be who he is. There's a lot of people that would like to see him change. Really, what are the pressures? What kind of pressures do you have to see him change? What 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 do they anticipate and would like him to do that he frankly doesn't want to? They may have. It could be something as simple as stop singing sad songs um, or stop singing happy songs in a sad way. Um, and sometimes it's, they think he should wear something else. He has got to really, when people say he should drop the clown, the clown get up, his response is always, the fellow's got to wear something. Yeah, um, and yeah, he doesn't feel yeah. really comfortable performing in the buff, so yeah, he doesn't. Well, think anyone well I I that. agree with Simon Cowell, who I alluded to earlier, and uh, I think one of the saddest things would be to know too much about uh, puddles, and I also think that one of the saddest things about puddles would be for him to speak. You know, Charles Chaplin, uh, and, and in that case, it's different because with Charles Chaplin, it's a fictional character, obviously. But when uh, Charles Chaplin created the Tramp, he said, "If the Tramp ever speaks, the Tramp is dead." And uh, fortunately, we're dealing with a real persona here with, with, with puddles. But I think in a sense that if he were ever to speak, it would be such a letdown. Uh, and so he's very fortunate to have you, Mike, uh, as a spokesperson, as, as, a, as a comrade, as a, as a fellow performer who at least can sympathize with the pressure that he's under. I want to ask you uh, in, in relation to the future for puddles, where do you envision him going? We're about to embark on a, a new tour this year, um, doing live shows. Um, he's he's would like to create more uh, YouTube uh, content. I think it. I think a television show. I think that's that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, I've run it by him a couple times. He'll roll his eyes when I say it. But yeah. I, you know, I think you know because he's kind of that way. He's like, oh. Well, he's definitely different than Pee Wee Herman. But you could imagine him doing Saturday Morning Fair. Uh, of a sort, and, I, and and what's the reaction with children? Do children understand him being a, a sad clown? You know, children are exactly they react exactly the same way adults do. Most of them, they're cool with it, mm. and there's a portion of them that are not cool with it. I think it's learned behavior. I think people being afraid of clowns. I understand people being afraid of things that seem features are hidden or things like that. But, right? Yeah, Menacing. but I do think the clown thing. Um, is a little bit of learned behavior, but um, I don't dismiss it. Um, it's it's real. I believe people feel it's real. You know, it's real to them, and that's that's real to me. So um, I think kids are kids. Most kids are they're, they're, they seem to be cool with it. They love kids. Love high fiving. Puddles loves a high five. He has a distinctive voice, and you have described it on his behalf as not being opera but popera. And um, was that voice always there for Puddles, or, or did he work at developing it? I think it's always been there. Mm. He told me his meemaw said that he came out. He was born ho- screaming and hollering. Um, and was quite the singer his whole life. Um, I think uh, I think singing that way is uh, it's. I think it just came naturally to him. That just way. It's 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 a great way to express himself. Well, he's, as I used the word before, beguiling because he is nuanced, he's intelligent, uh, extremely clever, authentic, genuine, and he serves as a, a point of a flashpoint of identification for all of us who, one way or another, always feel like a clown. And uh, he's vulnerable for us, and, and I think that's part of what's so ingratiating about him genuinely. In all the music videos, there's always things to look And I, I play the music videos over and over and over again. I look at them for different things. And there's always an element of surprise. For instance, in Remember Me, uh, the video that Puddles did, oh, yeah. uh, at the end of it, you go, 
uh, as as a viewer, you see him doing McCartney. Someone's knocking at the door. Someone's knocking at the door. And he doesn't sing it, but it's played with the trombone and the other instruments. And there's this nice, beautiful parade of the three, if you will, versions, or they're all the same, but doing different antics of puddles walking down the street. And I just thought, what an intelligent, lovely way to end that video. I really think, without reservation, and I mean this completely solidly, solidly 100%, it's ingenic. I think puddles is completely ingenic. And I think that that's what the persons on, on certainly on America's Got Talent and elsewhere are responding to. Is he aware of his own genius? I don't think so. I, if I told him that, what you just said, he would, I'm sure he would, he would make some funny noise or, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, or crying out loud kind of, kind of voice. I mean, he, he listens to people. I don't think he, I think he would embarrass him a little bit. Yes. Yes. Be yes. honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think these he lives in he's in a state of just doing doing things and sort of really not thinking about it. Sometimes he gets himself into some tough situations or what could be a tough situation, like the time he uh, um, became completely enamored with a um, a police horse in uh, New York City one time. What happened? Well, it was wonderful. The policemen were really kind and nice to him. And oh, I always just loved the thought the horse was really beautiful and he was trying to plead with the officer to not ride on the horse's back because he was convinced the horse probably doesn't like it. Oh, um, yes, yes. But the policeman was very kind with him and thought it was funny and charming, and they got a selfie. Uh -huh. uh, Puddles and the policeman and the horse together. Um, so he just, he's not hes not trying to pull a fast one. He's no. Trying, he's a, a, explores things. It's funny, I don't know where he, how, where he gets that courage to just go and do whatever the thing is. Tell me, I, I want to know uh, very deliberate, particular things about Puddles before we close. How does he spend his weekends when he's not performing? And when he is performing, when he goes off stage, what's his routine? Does he, does he, you know, just calm down by, you know, having a popsicle or something, and then, and you know, put on his onesies and go to go to bed and go to sleep? But what what is Puddles' routine when he's when he's off stage? I, I mean, I think everyone wants to know that. He'll have some. Uh, he'll have some cold coffee. Uh, after show. Wow. Um, usually has a little bite to eat. Um, what does he eat? Oh, he, he, he loves some cereal. He's okay. kind of a, he's got that Seinfeld thing. He loves yeah, boxes yeah. and boxes and boxes of cereal. He's very much plant-based uh, fella. So, um, so we'll have his oat milk and his uh, cereal afterwards. It really is very, uh, not very glamorous. To be honest with you, mm. he'll kick his he'll kick his uh, shoes off and have his cereal, and while we wrap up all of the the packing everything up after the show, and um, it really is quite. Uh, now he's met celebrity fun. friends. Who are some of his celebrity friends? I I know different people who have endorsed him and and just said that you oh, know he's oh. the cat's meow. Um, who who who's done that? That list is pretty impressive. Can I hear um, some? Well, he just met Sean. Cassidy, reason. Wow. Through social media. Yeah. Twitter. Wow. Um, I just met Sean Cassidy. He just hung out with Eric Idle. Oh, lovely. Um, Eric Idle um, is a, uh, I guess Eric Idle's a fan. He uh, He's very complimenting to Puddles. He says uh, he, he walked up to Puddles after a show uh, mm. recently and he says, and he said, whispered to him, you were very funny. Puddles, of course, got embarrassed. Yes, yeah. Some kind yeah. of snorting noise. Um, Eric Otto Pendulette is a is a big fan. Wow. Um, uh, often uh, Puddles will be at a crossroads, a creative crossroads, and he'll reach out to Penn, and Penn's always uh, gives great advice to Puddles. Oh, that's good. Or uh, that's good. when it comes to yeah. Did, did they hang out together in Vegas when 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 Puddles was doing the Caesar's Palace? Um, oh, sure. Residency. Yeah. He came to the show. In oh, fact, wow. he had really great things to say about Puddles in his on his podcast. Um, he's a really nice man, and he's far out. He's a weirdo, yeah, in the best yeah. way. Yes, um, yes. Uh, Puddles has become friends with Paul Rubens. Um, they 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 talk text yes. often. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and when Puddles was uh, curious about um, uh, trying a couple of things, he ran it by Paul. Yes, to yeah. see how Paul would feel about him. Of course, Paul's like, you should do whatever you 
Right, right, right. Well, let me ask you if this is not too intimate uh, regarding you, because I, I, I'm, I'm interested in the both of you. I mean, Puddles the Clown is, is obviously the, the key star. There's no disputing that. I don't think you would argue with me regarding that. But it's also interesting to know those who are close to a, a big star like Puddles the Clown. So, Mike Gaia, are you a married gentleman yourself? I am. Okay. Does your wife ever resent, and we assume that she's a lovely darling or you wouldn't be married to her, but does she ever resent the amount of time and attention that you give to Puddles? And is Puddles sensitive in reverse to like, you help him out all the time and you're not with your wife? What's that dynamic like? You know, it's funny you bring that up because Puddles, you know, I I consider myself Puddles wingman, so to speak, to use a term like that. Uh But if it's too much, um, he'll, he'll ask other people to fill in. Like he'll, he'll, he's very sensitive to that. So he'll say, you know, you know, you sit this one out or sit these couple out and um, I'll get somebody else to help. Um, one time Puddles did a radio, a radio program in Austin, Texas, and um, just got a guy from the festival that he was working to go, go on the radio with him. Um, you know, there, there was another time when, um, uh, when uh, Jonesy, Jonesy Juke, Jukebox, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Jones. Yes, it's a radio show, and he wanted Puddles to come on, and um, and was like, besides singing songs, who was going to speak for Puddles? So Puddles asked Dave Foley um, from Kids in the Hall. Yes, that makes sense. Uh, fame. Yes. Yeah, come on the radio show. I listened to it. It was really funny um, because Dave Foley can speak at great length. A very smart man and very funny. And Puddles just chewed gum. In the microphone? Yes, that's good. And so many people had a problem with that. <laughs> well, you, you don't understand puddles if you're going to have a problem with that. I mean, it's just, it's just a clear neglect of understanding of the man's nature. I thought it was the funniest thing I ever heard, just a guy chewing gum in a microphone. Yeah. That's, it does sound disgusting. I think that's... <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Is there a documentary in the works for, for Puddles the Clown? I mean, I would like to see a full feature... You know, like the old documentaries on Elvis Presley, This Is Elvis, and, and, and things of this nature. Um, I would love to see a documentary. Oh, I would love to, and put my name forward uh, unabashedly here. Uh, I'm not Eric Idle, but I'd love to do to narrate a documentary for you. Will you narrate it? I will. Oh, I, that I, would be fantastic. I would love to narrate it. I would I'd be utterly thrilled. It'd be uh, a high point for me, and I mean that sincerely. I'd love to see a documentary on Puddles. Um, with interviews with you. I, I need to point out my background. Uh, I teach film and I screenwrite, and um, that's my background besides media and television. And um, I would love to see a 60-minute uh, a documentary on Puddles, his background, um, various piece, people talking about him, uh, their encounters with him, you in particular, your wife. Um, I think that would be glorious. I think I think there would be a strong market for that, and the time has come. Uh, are, are you on the on the on the brink of doing something like that? That sounds really intriguing. I never, you know, I I've never thought of a documentary. I'll run it by puddles. I think it would be nice to see where he was born. It would be nice to be able to see the hospital. It would be nice to see where he got his first job. It would be nice to see, even if it's an abandoned classroom, uh, an abandoned schoolroom. It'd like to, it would be nice to see his desk where he sat in school. It would be nice to to see where he perhaps had a pet. Um, it would be nice to see, you know, the reactions of his former teachers, uh, where where he had his first job, you know, uh, a first girlfriend, um, you know, and, and, you know, perhaps the relationship with his girlfriend didn't work out well or he was misunderstood early. But all of these things would be fabulous and multi-tiered like a child's pop-up book, you know, where you have things in the foreground, mid-ground and background. You said multi-tiered. Yes, I like that play on words. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I hope that you will stay in contact in, in regards to that. What is the one question, uh, Mike Gaia, that no one has asked regarding Puddles the Clown that you think they ought to have asked? It's, it's not a question. Okay. It's the response. It's the one response that, that I find and Puddles finds kind of interesting to the let's go. Um, statement. Mm. It's always, the response is almost always where, and there's no answer to that. Um, let's go, just go. Yes. So the, the, the questions that are asked, there's so many questions have been asked, but it's always the response to that one idea of let's go. Um, and it doesn't really matter where, just let's go. 
Well, you know, it's it's dependent on whether one sees Let's Go as escaping from the current location or going in prospect of an adventure. I interpret it always as going in the prospect of an adventure. And that's part of the openness of Puddles. Again, part of the uh, multifaceted appeal of him. There is there is an optimism, uh, even though he's sad and even though he can be melancholic. And as, as you've indicated, he's not always that way. Um, there is a positiveness about this person. And in 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 a dichotomy of of extremes of things that which one would not anticipate juxtaposed, but there's there's a basic positiveness to this person. He's loving. He's kind. He's extremely talented. He's patient. He's patient, and he also gives grace to his audience to allow us to become patient with him. And as you have said, he his not speaking slows us all down, which is almost a very welcomed Zen experience in a way. During his performance. I agree. You can be, Puddles is probably going to be contacting you saying, from now on, will you please do all radio and podcast interviews? And I would love to. Take <laughs> Mike to the curb. Sign me up. <laughs> sign me up. I'll sign, the, I'll sign it. No, no question. Um, I want to thank you, Mike Gaia, for being who you are. Uh, I want to thank you for being such a good friend to Puddles the clown. He is not only exudes who he is, but in a sense, he's a reflection of at least some aspect of all of us at one time or another. It just depends on the day or the night or the time of the year or the occasion. But we identify and see ourselves in him. And Puddles the Clown would not be accessible and available to us were it not for your genius too, Mike Gaia. I want to thank you so much for your openness and your kindness, your inventiveness, and uh, in addition, you're willing to lay aside your other attributes and talents that you have in your own right as a singer and a performer to concentrate on this singular entity that brings so much joy and delight. Mike Gaia, thank you for being a part of Watching America. You've been a blessing, and uh, we are so grateful. Thank you, Alan. Thank you so much. Take care. You've been listening to Watching America. Our theme music is provided by Razorlight. Our recording engineer is Todd Washburn, and our producer is Paul Bebo. Our senior producer is Gina Gamboni, executive producer Chuck Dowd. Our chief of content is Heather Mazzoni, and our CEO, Bert Schmidt. I'm Watching America's creator and host, Dr. Alan Campbell. I want to thank you for making this program possible by your kind and generous contributions. Until next time, take care and blessings. Watching America is a production of WHRV Public Media in Norfolk, Virginia.